This episode is brought to you by Carvana. They'll drive you happy. Carvana has purchased over a million cars from happy customers by giving them an offer within minutes. And they can do the same for you. Carvana will give you a real offer for your car within minutes. Then they'll come to pick up your car and pay you on the spot. So to get a real offer on your vehicle in minutes, download the app or visit Carvana.com. And welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I'm actually going to be doing a review on Wolf's Creek. This is actually going to be a 31 Days of Horror review. And another thing, too, guys, I just want to say thank you for making me a part of your day or your night whenever you listen to this podcast or you're on the go. It really does mean a lot to me that you guys are actually listening to me. And not only that, but if you guys want to get back to Movie Lovers Unite, this is what I want you to do. Go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash movielovers. As a matter of fact, that's actually going to be the show notes below after this podcast is done. So if you guys want to get back, you guys don't have to. I understand this pandemic has actually gotten everybody in a bunch and everything to the point where they can't really do much. But if you guys want to, go ahead, donate towards the show. It actually helps us keep the lights on. Not only that, but if I want to start doing digital giveaways for certain movies and get back to my fan community and do contests, that is one of the best ways that I can actually give back to you guys. And another thing, too, is this. We actually have a website now called MovieLoversUnite.com. Check us out for all your entertainment news and stuff like that and movie reviews as well. So, with further ado, let's go ahead and get into Wolf's Creek. So... I'm just going to be flat out honest with you guys. I had zero interest in seeing this film back in 2005. I heard of it. I remember one of my Australian friends at one time telling me, hey, Mike, you need to go ahead and check out this film. And I know that I probably countryfied the Australian accent. I'm sorry. I'm not very good at it. But anyways, I remember him telling me about Will's Creek. And I was like, nah, I'll just put that on my back burner. Then Rossi came on the show. We did our top 10 horror movie list. And once she described what Will's Creek is and the horrifying things that happened in Will's Creek and everything, that's when it became on my radar. That's when I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go on ahead. I'm going to check this film out. So, Rossi, if you're listening to this, I hope that you enjoy this review. Tell me what you think of this review and everything in the voicemail message if you guys want if you want to go on ahead and send me a voicemail message on on my podcast. So, anyways, let's go on ahead and get into this. So, this movie clocks in at 99 minutes long, which is not bad. It's only an hour and 42 minutes, which is a perfect runtime for a horror slasher film. Not only that, but it's also based off of a true story, off of true events, and... Like I said, this movie came out in 2005. This had a budget of Australian money, 1.4 million. I'm not sure how that is converted into U.S. dollars, but box office numbers in U.S. it made 27.7 million, and in Aussie money, it made 35 million. So, yeah, I want I would say that maybe it made its money back. I don't really know per se, but hey, it's good to know that this movie was kind of successful and everything in a, in a way. But I also want to say this. This film is very good at making you believe that you're actually on these on this road trip with these three characters. And I like the fact that it's no, not oversaturated with a bunch of characters that we have no idea who they are or anything like that. Or they introduce new characters to the point where the main characters are now just side characters or in the background or anything like that. We have our three characters. We're on this road trip with them, with Ben, Christy, and Liz. 
Ben is this macho kind of guy who's just chill and everything, just wants to go out on a road trip with his two friends and and go and visit Australia so that way they can go to Wolf's Creek. They're actually tourists from London, England, and that's just something that I thought that was actually pretty interesting that you actually have tourists that are actually visiting Australia from London rather than the U.S., which is something I actually appreciated a little bit more because of the fact that we always see, you know, people from the U.S. visiting other countries, but we don't actually see people from other countries in horror films visiting other countries, at least to my knowledge. But, you know, it's just good to see something a little bit different. Not only that, but it also feels like they're in this car with them. It actually feels like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type of movie from the 1970s because, you know, it's been a while since I actually got that kind of flavor where we actually feel like that we're in the car with them rather than us just viewing them inside the car as these characters are actually being portrayed. And I like the fact that I actually feel like a sense of realism when it comes down to me being in this car with them because I actually feel the excitement of that road trip. I actually feel the excitement of me going to Australia with, with them and going on this road trip to Wolf's Creek. And like I said, Ben, Christy, and Liz is, uh, are the three main characters. Not only that, but this is also based off true events. This thing actually happened and things like that. But, you know... We actually see Ben, he stops at this little hole-in-the-wall gas station in the desert, kind of like a Hills Have Eyes kind of situation. And, you know, they have quite a while to actually get down to Wolf's Creek. I think it actually takes about them three or four hours just to get to Wolf's Creek in the car. But anyways, as they're driving and everything, it's at night, and... One thing I really have to say that I really liked how this film was actually done was the fact that it's all done at night. So therefore, you you don't see the roads. You don't know the kind of roads that they're actually on. They're all on... All I know is they're in the desert. They're lost. They don't have a clue at where they're at. This movie's supposed to take place in 1999. There's no cell phones. There's no GPS. And it also makes that a whole lot more scarier because of the fact that they're in an area that they don't know. So therefore, they're actually uncomfortable because of the fact that they're in an environment that they're not used to. So what happens? They stop the car. They wind up putting some uh, warmer clothes on and things like that because of the fact that um, it starts getting cooler out in the desert. And at that point, the car actually breaks down. And then, a five, maybe ten minutes later, they see a car. They all, by the way, they're all sleeping, and all of a sudden, they see a headlights come in. And they, that's when they wake up. And then there's this guy that comes out of the car. Now we're going to meet our main antagonist, which is Mick. Mick is definitely from Down Under. You can definitely tell he has that thick, Aussie accent. And... You know, I really loved how he actually portrayed Mick. You can actually have a sense of danger. But at the same time, though, when you get first introduced into with Mick and everything, you think he's just there to actually help them. But in every horror slasher film, you already know that you shouldn't be trusting anybody that says, Hey, look, I have the part for your car that's not working over at my shop. So why don't I just go on ahead and give you a lift and... I'll take you there. But I can actually understand their situation, though, because it's either wait until the next morning, be cold all night, and be miserable and try and keep each other warm some way, or I go with this person 
that he's going to tow us all the way to his location. He's going to have the part that's already going to be for my car. So I'm going to go on ahead and go with him versus staying in the car and freezing my ass off. But, you know, that's exactly what happens. Ben and Christine and Liz gets back in the car. Of course, Mick winds up telling them, too, that it is quite a drive. And they're actually falling asleep in the car and everything as as they're being towed. And I think it was Liz that woke up and everything. And by the way, one of the characters does have the hots for Ben and everything. And you can definitely tell that they actually do have a little bit of that love chemistry, but not enough to actually go forward with it or anything like that. So really, they don't really try to do too much with that. It's just a knowledge that there's a love interest there. But they don't do enough to actually motivate it to that point. Yeah, they kiss, but there's nothing else to that. But anyways, they wake up and, you know, they're still being towed. Ben is still awake. I think Chrissy winds up asking him. I thought he said that this was, um, he was going south. But he also said it was also a long drive. That's what Ben said. So finally they make it over there to his house. And it's not much of a house either. It's like a shack, if you actually think about it. It's like one of those metal tin buildings that out in the desert that you really don't want. It's like out in a minefield, if you actually think about it. Because that's exactly where it's at. Like a coal mines kind of uh, deal out in the desert. And so, anyways, you're thinking that, you know, he's going to go on ahead, fix the car up. The next morning, they're going to be driving back. Well, that's when all hell breaks loose. Number one, everything starts off pretty well over there. They actually have, like, a fire going. Nick is over there talking with them. And, of course, what does Ben do? He actually insults the guy, which is a big mistake from the get-go, because of the fact he was making fun of him for being Australian because of Crocodile Dundee whenever he said, Oh, look at this knife. This is a knife. That's not a knife. And so he's kind of making fun of Mick, even though he gave them a ride, he's making fun of him. And the way that Mick actually looks at him, it pisses him off. I mean, it really looks like, okay, I'm going to kill you as soon as I get a chance. You can definitely tell there's something there in Mick's eyes that says that I want to kill you. And if you don't see it, I don't know, maybe you haven't seen enough movies like I have, but... You can definitely tell in his eyes that he he wants to kill him. He wants to kill Ben. And then, of course, uh, one of the girls goes over to Mick and, tell, and says, so, our car's actually going to be fixed during, uh, fixed and everything. He goes, yeah, it'll be fixed the next day. I have the part. I promise you it's going to be fixed. But also, too, my other favorite part in this film, when they're going, I'm just going to backtrack a little bit where they're actually sitting down in this campfire environment. And Mick was telling them stories in Australia. And I love a little bit of background about Australia to the point about their sandstorms. And some of the their own people actually get lost out in the sandstorms because they can't see where they're at. One person actually got lost at their own farm because of how thick the sandstorms actually are. So, I actually like that aspect that it actually gave us a little key elements of what Australia is actually like if you haven't been to Australia. And the whole fact is, too, in the opening sequence, too, it said 30,000 people go missing in Australia. 
And that's actually something interesting, though, too. Is it because of Mick killing people, or is it because of the sandstorms? So, you're kind of wondering on that mystery element, though. But anyways, after she winds up confronting Mick and asking him, I think it was Liz that actually asked him, um, so how long is this going to take? Oh, I promise you it's going to be the next day and everything. Next thing you know it, she wakes up. She's actually uh, has a gag in her mouth. She's hogtied and has zip ties on her. So, yeah, Nick is going to kill them. And it's not because of Ben making fun of him with his Australian accent or anything like that. It's just because he's a crazed murderer. Because at first I was like, okay, is he just killing these people because of the fact that they're making fun of him? Or stuff like that. Or has he done this before? That's also another key question that was in my mind. Even though this guy seems shady as hell. But in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, is there some sense of good in this guy? And stuff like that. That and these are the people that just turned him bad because of that him them making fun of him. But as we go on ahead and get into the story, you know, of course, you Christy winds up untying herself. She sees Liz actually uh, being tied up with her pan, uh, pants off and everything. And at that point, it's uh, it's already at nighttime, and Mick is over there holding a sniper rifle. And aiming it at Liz. And Liz is over there panicking the whole entire time. Because she thinks that he's going to kill her. Which he, he, that's his whole intentions. He's going to kill you. But she's begging for her life. Her friend is over there watching her the whole entire time. Watching everything go down at the same time. So what does she do? She goes on ahead. And she goes back to the car. And then she winds up making a little small bomb. To where there's some type of explosion. That actually happens with the car that they were in, so the way it distracts Mick, she goes back in, and I love how the camera angle actually panels over to the side of of Liz, to where you can actually see that she's going to try and rescue her friend, and I love that whole entire effect, and then when she goes in, you can see Mick is, has already taken out the fire and everything, he's damping his feet on that and everything, he goes back in, slides the middle door back, back, and everything, and at that point, it actually looks like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type of thing, because, remember, Leatherface actually had the door that actually slides down to the basement, and that's how he locks you in there. That's the same thing that Nick does. He slides the middle door open, uh, closed to his shed, then, of course, he's over there tr- uh, trying to scare her with his knife now, and then, of course, you have Liz that comes out of nowhere, comes out from underneath and grabs his gun and points the gun at him and he says that's not a knife this is a knife and then next thing you know and he goes look if you're gonna shoot me shoot me but let me tell you something you wouldn't even know how to operate the gun all of a sudden she winds up shooting him right in the neck he goes down on the ground she unties her and they go off running but this movie is so filled with Tension, and I love the tension and everything. And not to mention this, I want to also talk about this. This movie doesn't start happen. Things don't start happening until like 30 minutes into this film. By the way, I just want to let you know if you're ex- expecting something to actually happen in the first 20 minutes, you are not going to expect that. It's a slow tension. It's a slow burn type of movie. But once that tension is like loose 
it's let it's let loose for a reason. And then of course Liz winds up. I'm gonna be, now I'm going where the whole entire thing's happening, where Liz is actually trying to go into the guy's car, mixed car and everything, and of course, the keys are not in the car, which is like an oh my gosh moment, which is also a paint-by-the-numbers kind of horror movie type of thing. She goes back into the garage where Mick is. She gets the keys. She cranks up the car. Mick is alive, of course. He gets out a shotgun. He winds up shooting at her. She goes, and of course, at that point, she cranks up the car and tries to run him over rather than back out of the driveway, and so that way they can go to safety. But that's what I would have done. I wouldn't have just tried to run him over. But that's just me. But anyways. So after that happens. Liz and that. Basically. They're on the run from Mick. And they destroy the car. They go over. They push the car, uh, the truck over the cliff. They hang off on the edge of the cliff. And everything. And at that point. That's when. Liz decides that she's going to try and go back for Ben. And that's when we discover over inside uh, Mick's shop that he has been doing this for a long time. Like, he has been getting tourists for a long time. There's several different cars in his shop that indicates the fact that he's been kidnapping tourists, taking things that belong to the tourists. We see cameras that have belonged to camera, uh, like camcorders that belong to tourists for over years. And it's, it's totally mind-blowing. It's a total mindfuck whenever you actually look at it. And then especially with the pictures and everything, when, when Liz looks to the left and sees the pictures and everything... She sees all the tourists. She sees everybody that was actually on those films. And not only that, but even the part with Ben, when he's actually goofing off with the camera, says there's no signs of intelligent life or anything like that on the camera. There's even a shot where there's actually the truck that Mick has in the background. So it goes to show that Mick was planning this from the get-go, that he had this from the start, he knew what he was doing, he kidnaps Taurus all the time, he does this thing, and a matter of fact, there's even a line where he ends up saying this to them, he said, yeah, I kill kangaroos, just like how I kill tourists, and basically he's saying, I just kill kangaroos just to get them out of the way of Australia, just to get rid of the whole entire thing. And that's exactly what he does with tourists. He just gets them out of the way so that way they're not in Australia anymore. And that's exactly what they're what he's doing. So I actually liked how they actually played around with that a little bit. It makes it seem like he was joking, but at the same time he's not joking because at that moment too, I was like, okay, maybe he is deranged enough to where he's actually gonna try and kill these guys. And another thing too is you're actually rooting for these characters actually to survive. This whole entire horrific thing that actually happens to them. Because I found myself on the edge of my seat. I'm like, okay, are these people actually going to make it out of this thing alive? And that was my main concern. Am I going to care enough about the characters? And for me, I actually cared enough about the characters. That's what was one of the key things at the very beginning when we're actually following these characters inside this car. You actually do feel a connection with these characters. You actually do feel some type of emotional attachment to these characters. Not secondary characters or with no layers to these characters they actually feel like they're real people 
And that's what I liked about it. And also, too, I want to mention this. Uh, when Liz goes on ahead and uh, goes into this other car, she uh, she cranks up the car. Mick is behind her inside this car. I do not know how he knew which car he was she was going to choose. But anyways, he was behind her, stabs her in the back. Then, she's, then, of course, he winds up asking her where Christy is. She says, I'm not going to tell you. And then that's when he paralyzes her with the knife. And then that's when he just, that's also when he tries to go after Christy. And at this point, I'm like, where's Ben at in all this? Where, where's Ben at when all this shit is going down? Because you don't see him until like towards the very end of this film. And I'm like, when does Ben come back into the picture again? I mean, is he already dead? What's going on with him? But, you know, you don't actually see him, like, towards the end of the film. So, anyways, it's all about survival for the women. And that's what I liked about this, was it gave the women a chance to actually shine in this film, to show that they're actually tough, to show, yes, there's some vulnerability within them, but there's also a chance of actually trying to survive. And that's what I liked about that. It's not just vulnerability. It's about them surviving, and that's what I actually thrived on was them trying to survive. Maybe Christy got out alive to try and save Ben and everything and brought help. But, as I'm going to mention this real quick, at this point, Christy is actually daytime, and Christy winds up running across the desert, and finally she finds someone that just happens to be on the road. And, you know, you think she's going to get out of this whole entire situation. And if I was the guy that was picking her up and everything, I would just open up the door, let her get in. I understand she's thirsty. I understand that. But get her out of the environment that she was actually running from. Even though he may not know the environment that she's actually running from, I would actually pick her up and say, look, I'm going to give you some water. I'm going to give you something to eat, but we're going to the next town. That's what I would have done. So, but no, it's just this older gentleman, he was very nice towards her, he was in his 70s and everything, all of a sudden, you hear a gun go off, and then there's the blood splatter. Mick shot him with a sniper rifle. And then at that point in time, that's when uh, that's when Liz goes on ahead, uh, well, that's actually when Christy goes on ahead, and takes the gentleman's car and tries to go ahead and and pretty much speed past everything. And that's when Mick gets in his back in his car and next thing you know it is this whole entire war game between the two of them where they're both try, uh, where Mick is actually trying to kill her at the same time that he she's trying to escape from him. She also runs him off the road and then you think that's going to be the end of it. You think that she might have a chance of survival just a little bit, even though that card that she has is a piece of crap that the gentleman actually um, was trying to save her in and everything. But Mick winds up getting out of the sniper rifle. He winds up shooting the tire, which I thought he was actually going to wind up aiming towards her head and not the tire. But anyways, he winds up shooting the tire. She it barrels over. And then, of course, he winds up getting her. And then, of course, then after that, Ben wakes up, and I'm not going to give you any more details than that, other than the fact that this movie is very good. I loved how it was actually put together and things like that, and I really have to say, this movie was really good, 
and it actually made things actually believable. It actually made me fear for these characters. And you know, this movie is actually based off of a true story, which is actually something that I was actually surprised about because I didn't know that this movie was actually based off of a true story up until I actually first put the film on. So that was actually a pretty cool thing. And then, of course, like I mentioned at the very beginning of the film, you know, um, it actually feels like you're actually in the car with them inside the front seat with Ben. You actually feel a connection with the characters. There's a little bit of a love interest between one of the characters and Ben, but not enough to actually to where they try to do anything with it. And then, of course, that's when the abductions and everything else happen. So the movie is really plot driven. It's really great. I really enjoyed this film. I'm glad Rossi actually recommended this film to me. Another thing, too, is I was you know what? I'm not going to give away the ending to this film, because if you guys haven't seen this movie or anything like that, I want you guys to actually be a little surprised by it and things like that, because I know I was with the way that it actually ended. Because of the fact that I was rooting for the girls to survive. I was rooting for Ben to survive. I was wondering how this was actually going to be played out. So if you guys haven't seen Wolf's Creek. I definitely recommend that you guys actually check out Wolf's Creek. Whenever you guys have a chance. So that's going to be it for the review. I hope that you guys actually enjoyed this review. Tell me what you guys think of Wolf's Creek. Tell me what you guys think my next movie review should be on. And things like that. As a matter of fact. This Friday, we're actually going to be doing a Hoobie Halloween, which is the new Adam Sandler movie. My friend Michael and I are actually going to be doing that. Then, on Sunday, it's going to be Tamika, Radimus, his wife, and I. We're all going to be doing a movie review on Hocus Pocus and, uh, and everything. And then, next week sometime, I'm supposed to do like a Sleepy Hollow review as well. So... You know, it's going to be a pretty good, interesting time for the month of October. I hope that you guys actually enjoy this. Tell me what you guys think. And also, too, guys, if you guys want to go on ahead and check out buymeacoffee.com and donate towards the show, like I mentioned before, you guys can do so by going to the link below, which is www.buymeacoffee.com slash movie lovers. Then, of course, if you guys want to get your entertainment news, you go to www.movieloversunite.com. And, of course, if you guys like Pinterest, we also have a Pinterest account called Movie Lovers, TV Lovers Unite. We also have, also, too, an Instagram account, Movie Lovers, TV Lovers Unite. We also have a Twitter account, Movie Lovers Unit. Check us out there. We also And I also have an account on Twitter called John John DeGregorio8. So go on ahead and follow me there. You guys can follow me on all social medias. You can get this podcast on all platforms when it comes down to your podcast. Go on ahead and check me out. Also too, we actually have a YouTube pay, uh, YouTube as well. You guys can check out a couple of movie reviews that I've done in the past. A couple of re- movie reviews that I did recently. Go on ahead and check that out at Movie Loves Unite. And always until next time, bye-bye.